up, everyone? Tyler Tambolin here, aka Toe Tag and Tambo, back for the week 15 version of the Prize Picks DK show, doing it here on the Mayo Media Network every Thursday night. You guys are probably listening in on an early Friday morning or at some point throughout your day. JT Hayes will not be with us this week. He's got some family plans, but we got our good old resident fill-in, Bobby Gomes. And what a week to have him here because he's coming off of a shipper. He got the FFWC, the Fantasy Football World Championship ticket last week. He's down in Miami. You can see the hotel backdrop down there playing with the best in the world for $2.5 million up top. Bobby, what's going on, my man? How you feeling? Feeling good. Feeling great. A lot of good mojo going into this. So I'm excited. Definitely excited. Happy to be on here at my guy, Tyler Tambellini, toe tag and Tamba. Yeah, Ready man. It's exciting. Hey, I'm excited to be on with you. This is the week. And I know there's, this is what we got to preface this with is very simple is that there's a lot going on. If you guys are following this, watching the show, you probably watch the news. You see everything going on within the NFL, a lot of positive COVID tests, a lot of new rules and protocols, things they're rolling out even as we speak. Just before hopping on and recording, it actually came up that there would be maybe a new rule going into the weekend. So we still got to wait and see what happens here. Hopefully this information can stay relevant for you. I think most of what I've got here and what Bobby's got cooked up for you will be relevant, but just wanted to keep, keep that in your mind as you're going through the information here with us. Uh, as always, Bobby, we're going to start with prize picks. A lot of great things going on over there. You can use Promo code MMNNFL, get yourself a bonus on sign up. But I'll kick it over to you. We got same same setup as always. You're going to give two prize picks that you like for this week. We're usually heavy on the overs, but what say you? Yeah, for me, I'm taking overs this week. Uh, I'm going to go Devontae Parker over in his receiving yards prop and Deontay Johnson over in his receiving yards prop. Yeah, uh, I like both. Go ahead. No, you can, you can go. I didn't really have much of it after that. Well, I, I got you on late, so I got you to tell me them up front. I really like that, especially the Deontay Johnson one. Like, it's just been nonstop with him. Keeps adding up every single slate. They just pepper him. I think he was targeting, he said this week in some sort of interview that his goal was zero drops for the season. He ended up, only, I mean, only three. That's pretty incredible when you think about an entire season so far. You know, one I know was a touchdown a couple weeks back, but he made it up with two more in the second half for me when I was at King of the Beach down in Florida myself. So I can't hate the guy. I'm certainly happy with him. Made me a lot of money this season. So I definitely like that call. I think uh, it's another good play too, because I think this week, especially when we get to the DraftKings segment later, people will want to talk about Najee Harris this week, since there's no real running backs up at the top. Most of them are either on Thursday or on the Saturday slate or anything like that, where you're looking at a little bit lesser of a, of a running back pool to use and with lesser higher price guys it's going to make it change it up. And that's a way to get off of it and just go to Deontay there. So anything else on those two guys you want to talk about? Uh, no, you pretty much hit it. Deontay's your guy. I know he's coming on the show. He just got you second place at King of the Beach. Wanted to make sure I had him in there and his receiving. It's probably, yeah, I think he's a good pull up. Yeah, the good, the good mojo too with you being down there at the final this week, right? You got to have that in there. So I like that call. I'll give you mine right now. I've got two for this week. I've got the first one. So, hey, this is the joke. I talk about this every week. I, don't, I usually say I love one, and the second one's kind of risky. I'm coming off a 2-0 and week. Last week, we had the locket over for receiving yards. That smashed in the first half. He was actually over 100. And then we had the burrow. It was a crazy number, like 240. Uh, it seemed like it wasn't going to happen, and then he ended up, I believe, over 300 in the end. So that one hit as well. Obviously, OT helped. But uh, feeling good coming off a 2-0, and and I'm feeling really good about this week. I love both of my picks. I think the first one may surprise some people. We've got the Urban Meyer getting fired situation. We're not going to dig too deep into that or at all, really, but we are going to talk a little bit of Jags 
on this show today because I think James Robinson is popular this week, but I'm going with another Jaguar. I'm going with the number one overall pick, Mr. Trevor Lawrence, over 205.5 pass yards this week. I think they're going to unleash him. I think it's a good leverage spot. I think, guess what? James Robinson can get involved with him as well, and they can he can drag him along. We've seen in the past where guys like Kamara and certain other talents have brought their quarterback along and just racked up his yardage off of one quick play on a slant pass over and gone. I think we could see that here this week as well. So I wouldn't even be afraid of pairing Lawrence with Robinson, but I also think it's a great leverage spot. And at 205, the last two two weeks, uh, two of the last three weeks, I should say, seven of eight, seven of eight times on the season already, he's actually broke this number quite handily, actually. So I do like this quite a bit at over 205.5. The second one is a little bit off the board, but I actually still really like it. Deontay Foreman for Tennessee, over 45 and a half rush yards. Uh, Only 13 carries last week. He did split up the work with Hillard and other guys like that there, but I think it's another spot. We just watched Dalvin Cook roll for over 200 yards. And get this, Madison had six carries and still got himself almost 40 yards himself. Uh, If we get just even the 13 carries from Foreman here, I think we're fine to get over this 45 and a half. Uh, I'd like, like I said, give him 13 carries here. I think we beat the numbers. So I'm excited about these two picks. I'm excited coming off a two and a week, hopefully get back to another two and a week. Any thoughts on those picks for this week here, Bobby? Yeah, like Foreman, liked him last week a bunch. Uh, he seems to be the lead guy there. If they have a game script that's kind of conducive to success, I like it. Um, and then on top of the James Robinson call, I know you, I, I like both him and Lawrence. I think Lawrence is an interesting pivot off to a chalk and DK. Uh, and yeah, this Urban Meyer, what a what a disaster. Glad he's gone. So hopefully this opens things up for the Jaguars and their offense. Yeah, hopefully they can score some points finally. That's sort of the key. I did see the number for their total, their team total, tick up just a little bit after the firing. So I guess they assume whoever steps in is going to actually let them fly with this offense. So I think that'd be a good thing to see. There is options in pairing with them. Let's do that. Let's dive right in. It's a good segue. We'll move over to the DraftKings position by position. We always start at quarterback. We go right down through quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and even a little DST For you guys out there down at the bottom, try and make some things work, stack them up, maybe a little bit of correlation as we go. And for me, I don't have Lawrence in my top picks, but I do think it is a little bit interesting. Like I said, if you're talking about making some leverage, putting some leverage together, I should say on the slate, it looks like Robinson will be popular when we get to running back, maybe for good reason at that price tag. But at the same time, there's ways you can get around it. You could stack Lawrence up with Marvin Jones. Treadwell, James O'Shaughnessy. There's definitely ways that you can go about using him. You, you can run it back or not. You don't have to. When I've got cheap stacks like that, Bobby, sometimes I don't just because I kind of like, if you had like a, a Lawrence Treadwell stack, it's kind of just hoping that Lawrence does his thing. Maybe he runs one in himself and steals one from Robinson. And then you need the cheap Treadwell to get there. And you use those two low price points and low ownership and leverage to make everything else fit. I think that's definitely a viable strategy. You think back to just a couple weeks ago with, with Gardner Minshew, you could play Minshew with just Goddard and you would have been fine. You didn't need to run it back. They've smashed as a combo. They were cheap and they made everything else work. And I saw a lot of those in the higher stakes, lower, smaller field, high dollar type tournaments. I think that can work here. And even in large fields with a combination like this. So I do like him. The other two guys I like, the the reason I brought up Lawrence is because the second guy I was going to say was Aaron Rodgers. We do have to keep an eye there. Uh, definitely some stuff going on. Missed another practice. I know Love was getting the first team reps both through in the walkthrough on Wednesday and the practice on Thursday. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. But the other guy I really like this week is Matthew Stafford. 
going up against Seattle. Uh, here's the thing. We just got the news today that Lockett is going to be out. Alex Collins is going to be out for Seattle. So it's kind of setting up perfect for a Metcalf spot at his lowest price in what seems like forever, $6,200. We'll talk about him later. You can definitely fit him into these stacks as the run back. But I do think people will look to go, you know, just use him when you can use Stafford, Cup, Van Jefferson. Got to wait on OBJ news and Higby news and all the COVID stuff they've got going on there. But I do think it's an interesting way to go about it. And most people tend to stack up the running game in this spot. I think it's a way you can go with the passing game here. So Stafford, Trevor Lawrence, and then keep an eye on Rodgers. I don't like Love, if that sounds about right. But I would like Rodgers if he plays because I think with Devontae Adams, MVS, just roll that out there and run it back with one of the guys from Baltimore, whether it's Devontae Freeman or Mark Andrews. And I think that's some other plays you could use within those stacks. What are your thoughts on that? And then who do you have this week here at quarterback? Yeah, I like pretty much all the guys you hit on. Um, like Lawrence, I like Stafford. Um, and then Rogers, the issue for Rogers at the WC is we don't have late swap. So that's yeah. news that teams that have the extra builds can kind of get to Rogers. And then if not, you're fucked. Oh, can I say that on here? I don't know if you can, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you can, can say that, that on here. But it's good. I get what you mean keep, for sure. Keep it, keep it to uh, I'll keep it to a minimum with the f bombs. But uh, yeah, so for me, my quarterbacks, I think two, uh, two for me seems like the cash game Bills versus Jets secondary and defense for that matter. That's been atrocious pretty much all year. Uh, he would be the guy right there. He's probably gonna be the highest on QB and smaller field stuff. He'll be popular regardless. I uh, think he's a good play. Kyler, little flop lag there at 7-9. He's in the dome. People might not want to go to Kyler. He busted in an island game. I think he's interesting. Um, and then Jalen Hurts, I just think with the rushing equity, uh, Dallas Goddard's going to be a chalky play, so correlating the two of them, I don't think that they're the, it's the worst way to go. Um, also, like Devontae Smith down there at 6-1, I wouldn't be double stacking uh, Jalen Hurts. Probably just a single stack for me, so one of the two, Smith or Goddard. Yeah, the two I really like there that you mentioned were Tua and Kyler. Well, wait, see, I think Tua could get popular, but one thing I'll bring up, it fits with what I was talking about, the, the aforementioned Minshew and Goddard stack. Uh, we'll get to it. You mentioned Devontae Parker in your prize picks, probably bring him up again later on with the Jalen Waddle news after all their running backs are pretty much already on the, again, we have to wait and see how this new protocol works. I didn't talk about it off the top, but the latest thing, it just came out like an hour ago. It sounds like there could be potential for some of these guys to be able to prove a negative test and as long as they're vaccinated, be able to come back and play on Sunday because it could just be a false positive, et cetera. But that's here nor there. The other thing of it would be is I think Parker would be the more popular fill-in for good reason and the price tag and everything that goes with it. But I think with Tua, he runs the ball. He can get it to just sort of the two main guys here. And if it's Parker, don't forget about Gusecki because we just talked about how Goddard went off against this Jets team with Minshew, and you could use that spot here as well. So I do like that. Uh, Crowder has some flop leg. If you want to use a run back there, we try and bring the stacks into the quarterback conversation especially. So I think that's good. And then the Kyler Dome thing, not just in the Dome, not just for the flop leg, not just for the fact he's a little bit expensive and some may not go there, but we had the unfortunate news that DeAndre Hopkins had to get shut down. So you've got that situation where now you're able to actually save some of the salary on the expense of Kyler, by going down to a cheaper receiver, maybe a Rondale Moore or a Chris Kirk, or I don't know about you. I certainly don't want to chase old man, AJ Green, but they got him to 10,000 yards last week anyway, there during prime time. So I really do like those quarterbacks that you brought up there and we could use them this week in some good stacks and maybe get a little bit of leverage off the field where most people want to go that more balanced or sort of cash game route and just say, because they stack it, they're good. 
you can get a little bit off the board with some of these and still stack them differently or more unique where you're not playing the same as everybody else. So I do like that. Uh, another bonus I had real quick was just Jimmy G. It's Atlanta. Quarterbacks going up against Atlanta is always a thing. Uh, when we get to these positions, they may not come up between you and I here, but I know throughout the week you'll hear about Elijah Mitchell if he if he plays. You'll hear about Debo, Ayuk, again, if, if Debo plays. And then Jimmy G, uh, tight ends against Atlanta, always can go off. Sorry, not Jimmy G, uh, George Kittle with, and if we like all those, we should like them with Jimmy G. So I do think that's another way you could be different. Use a guy like Russell Gage on the other side if you want to stack that way. Let's talk about running back, though. Who do you got for us at running back this week? Yeah, so a lot of guys that have Q tags. Uh, you hit on them just a second ago. Elijah Mitchell, I think he's really good good play at um, 20% ownership. Just going to have to figure out this knee situation. Terrell Henderson, the Rams just want to run the ball. They, they're throwing a Cooper Cup a ton, but they really want to run the rock. And it's the same thing pretty much with the 49ers. Uh, so I like those two backs a good bit. Um, and then heading headed down, like we hit on Robinson. I think he's a good play. I think that the touches, whoever's going to take over that offense is going to try to incorporate Robinson, I would imagine. That's kind of been a thing or a narrative in Jacksonville. And one of the issues Urban Myers, one of the many issues or Urban Myers has had with that team. Um, then I think you look for like a Javante Williams. Uh, I think people will go there. I kind of have a lot of interest in A.J. Dillon at 5'7", just from, like, looking in that Williams range. A.J. Dillon basically, Aaron Jones being questionable. I think Dillon's interesting, especially if Rodgers has the toe. Maybe they, they're winning in Baltimore and just handing the ball off. And Baltimore is known to be a physical team. Their defense hasn't been great, but Dillon's the type of running back that can really punish um, between the tackles. So I like Dillon at 5'7". Yeah, I'm with you on a bunch there. The Dillon, especially if you get the Jones news, you may – you may get that in advance and not have to worry about it, even at the final for something like the, you know, that that's always the thing at the live finals, right? You get one or two plays that just pop off early on on like Saturday and everyone's in the frenzy talking about it throughout the afternoon, evening, trying not to give away too much info to anyone, but at the same time, like, holy shit, this just happened. Now we got to make this decision. This guy's going to be like 60%, whatever it was. I had it at King of the beach a couple weeks ago with Foster Moreau at 2,700. Like you knew he's going to be like 60 or 70% and you got to make that decision right then and there. But uh, I like the Elijah Mitchell call, especially if, I mean, we got to wait and see if he plays, but if he does, regardless of ownership, they it's been proven. They love using him. He's a guy that's in a great matchup, can get there a bunch of different ways, uh, you know, I, on the ground, through the air, whatever it might be. Uh, one That one week, I think they gave him like 30 touches or something. It's just incredible. And for that price, he'll be extremely undervalued. Robinson, who we mentioned. I mentioned Devontae Freeman earlier. Uh, sometimes I get these guys early in the week where they're popping, and then by the end of the week, nobody's even near them. And that's kind of what I feel like about this. I just think it could be a way that you could be a little bit different. And then for the Rams, again, wait and see the news, but whoever their running back ends up being, I think that's kind of another way you could go about. It. I mentioned Stafford at the quarterback position, but you, if you wanted to be a little bit different, you could use the running back for the Rams as a secondary stack with that same DK Metcalf play and just run them across from each other. Cause DK Metcalf is actually cheap enough. Now, if he was like, you know, he's never 8k, I shouldn't say that, but guys that are like 8,900. So like a Devonte Adams, I don't really like using him as like a one-off of somebody else. Cause while he can still get there and crush, if he does have his actual ceiling game, you would expect to see it with Aaron Rodgers. That's really how he kind of gets there. So that's just how I look at it. You know, Antonio Gibson, Ultimate flop leg, maybe. I don't know. There's not too much else that I like as of right now, but it's a position we know we're going to get information before the weekend, before Sunday. So check back. Uh, myself, JT Hayes, and AP will be doing 
the same show as always over here on YouTube on the Run Pure Sports channel. You guys can check that out. We do the Off the Chalk show at 8.45 Eastern time. It is early, but it's worth it, and it's free. You can hop in, and if you can't make that one, the Morning Wood show right after with Holden, Hoop, and Big T is also free. So be sure to get over to the Run Pure Sports YouTube channel as well. Of course, here at the Mayo Media Network, hit like, hit subscribe, stay on tap with everything that we've got going on. But let's move to the wide receiver position, Bobby. We've got a bunch of guys this week, man. There's just a lot of them out there. Again, more news to wait on, but who are a few of the guys that stand out to you early on in the week here? Oh, Cooper Cups, like just even at 9K, like just the volume that he's getting, and now you're taking out Odell. Uh, I think he's a really good play. Devontae Parker with all the injury news in Miami. His targets were up, and every time he's played, he's seen around six or seven targets at that price tag. He's just a good play, uh, makes for a good cash game play. It's interesting, Sterling Shepard at 4-7, like, I don't know if I'd trust him if Glennon's playing, but at 4-7 with his target volume, um, if Daniel Jones is, I don't even know if I trust him with Daniel Jones. He, If he's chalky in MME, he'd probably be someone I'd X, but with the target volume, I get it in cash. Yeah, I think, like you said, it depends on the quarterback that's attached to him. I think that's one of the things that goes overlooked. I mean, there's a lot of guys we can talk about position by position, but just from a strategy perspective, I don't know about you, but that's something I try and keep an eye on, especially higher dollar, smaller field, or if you're just – what it doesn't have to be the highest dollar. I'm just saying if it's high dollar for you that you feel like you want to put your best lineup in, sometimes people are like, oh, Crowder's got to be the right guy because his matchup's amazing. That Like last week, the Saints – get crushed against the slot wide receiver. But you have to remember he's attached to Zach Wilson. It doesn't just mean he's an automatic yeah. lock and load at 4,700. He probably doesn't have the biggest ceiling in the world. And then you have to have a quarterback that's capable of getting it to him. Last week, for example, you could actually played a guy way less, 1,200 bucks cheaper, Gabriel Davis. Or you could have played Josh Palmer with with the, the Chargers for 3,000 versus Crowder's 4,700. And you're like, well, that seems risky. I think it's actually riskier the other way. At least they're attached to good quarterbacks. Like Palmer was there. There was no Keenan Allen, 3,000 even. And he's got Justin Herbert throwing him, in the ball, him the ball. Gabriel Davis, yes, there's other guys there, but a lot of them are playing Cole Beasley or Diggs or different. You're getting a leverage spot with a really good quarterback. And Emmanuel Sanders and everything was there too, but just at the same token, the price, it's factored in. He's 1200 bucks cheaper. So I don't think enough people pay attention to that. Do you have any thoughts on just that from a strategy perspective, attaching guys to good quarterbacks? It would make a lot of sense, right? You can't assume rational uh, DFS lineup construction, but a lot of people want to play these receivers that, aren't attached to great quarterbacks. It doesn't make a ton of sense. By the way, I love the Emmanuel Sanders call last week. I was overweight. I know it didn't uh, pan out, but that narrative injury, was man. a good narrative. I was yeah. glad that I, when I brought that up as the play of the week on, on the off the choke, off the chalk show, the, the off, aforementioned show I just brought up to you guys, I mentioned that I said, I want to make Josh Palmer my play, but I feel like at 3,000, he was a little, almost like bringing up the, chalky 6k golfer right when if you guys play pga dfs you see down there the chalkiest 6k golfer they only get to like eight to ten percent but there's just so many other options you could go to down there and they're down there for a reason so i said i really did like the sanders play and he was gonna get it rolling i know he was it's was just unfortunate yeah. with the injury uh, and then they ended up using beasley in the second half but gabe davis did maybe, his thing as well maybe it's this week with sanders hey don't give away all your plays man don't give away all your plays people are listening but yeah, I think at this position, wide receiver, just a couple, because you named a bunch that I liked, but uh, Devontae Adams, I think one thing, you know, if we get a bunch of value, I would probably still try and steer clear of Adams Cup. And people may say, well, that's guaranteed volume, et cetera. I prefer 
to look at for look at it as like a pivot option versus just getting them both in there. And I don't know about your thoughts, like, but your field is a bit bigger. I played in a 75 man, yours is 200. So I think there's enough people there that are still, and there's some with multiples and things like that. Like people are going to stack up and actually go for it versus just play the best plays and be able to beat the field out. So uh, I don't know about your thoughts there, but what do, you, what do you think of that when you're talking about lineup construction at something like a live final where you're at? Yeah, like I haven't really dug too much into like how I'm going to approach this. Uh, I'm thinking more cash game. Like the first time I was here, I I wish I had finished well. I partied the whole weekend, kind of. My, I'm just kind of working through my biggest thing right now is just to be like processed and try to stay as much as I would if I was at my house, just doing all this and trying not to get too crazy down in Miami. Um, and then just going through like running optimals, looking at projections. I haven't even really thought about like how I'm going to build a team yet. Uh, if I had it, it probably, I see a lot like you, the 75 man contest those relatively chalky uh 200 man is as well though um so yeah it's it's pretty much i don't know Again, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to stick is, to the process like you're at home when you're in south beach miami florida uh, it's quite different and i think there's going to be some nightlife action and some things like that but the good news is i can promise you this bobby you will not be the only one partaking in some of these off off hotel grounds activities so don't worry about it you'll be okay yeah no, but one of, one, of, one of the things I did want to hit, I do think I'm going to avoid too much. You made this point the other day. I thought it was super sharp. Uh, just secondary correlation or over-correlating in these small field tournaments, I think people do to an extent mm -hmm. um, when they probably shouldn't, right? Just play the best plays after a correlation. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to, you don't have to do anything too crazy. Don't overthink it. Uh, that's yeah, how I'm I, I think there again too. the other thing is the field that you're in just my two cents, you know, throw it out there. If people want to know and even for yourself, just to give you my ideas that like with 200 and where people have multiples and usually look a lot of these buy-ins to get into this tournament are five to 10 K. It doesn't mean the people that play the five to 10 K's are the sharpest, but most of them I know and have followed the space for a very long time and have been involved in it, got their bankrolls from playing in these things and got better. So the field strength is much stronger down there where you're at. And I think many will just go for it. I agree with, like you said, I kind of look at it as like, what are the best plays? How can I correlate them enough to make them make sense where I'm not just playing my cash game lineup. Cause I don't know if that's going to get me to the top, but I'm not going like way off the board, looking for some diamond in the rough play. That's going to win me 2.5 million. When you see the winning lineup, it's usually not that far off the board. It's just a leverage build or something that went a little bit against the grain from what the rest of the field was doing while still staying with a high projection a solid setup, a good correlation in general, at least to get you started. And then from there, whatever shakes down happens, you can do it from there. But you know, some guys will go for the gusto. They'll pop in, you know, four guys, a quarterback with three of their receivers or pass catchers, run it back. Some will run full game stacks. Like I, I just kind of let that happen. And if that beats me, it beats me, but I, I don't know if you have anything else to add. Otherwise we can move to tight end. Yeah. Leverage within salary ranges, I think is important along yeah. with correlation. I, I think so for sure. Uh, talk to me about tight end. We've got uh, you know a lot of options this week. I think there's some cheap. You can go up to the top. I mentioned Kittle earlier up against Atlanta. He's an option. Uh, Mark Andrews feels like just the the target extraordinaire. Obviously, got to keep an eye on the Lamar Jackson news. But if you know he's in there doing his thing, he can even be in there if it is like a Huntley or someone who comes in and, and Lamar doesn't end up playing. Which again, we're waiting on that. You could end up seeing him hop in there. So, what are your thoughts at tight end this week? 
Yeah, so for tight end, Goddard, I think he's a smash play. Uh, he's going to be pretty chalky, but I think he's in a really good spot versus Washington. James O'Shaughnessy, another chalk guy. Jacksonville offense. Um, you hit on Lawrence. Uh, I think he's interesting. Interesting pivot off Tua. O'Shaughnessy's another guy that I think you can um, kind of throw along there. And Mike Gusecki, uh, just with this Dolphins offense, you're taking away all those guys. If everyone's going to go to Devontae, he's an interesting pivot. Or I feel like Gaskin and Devontae would be owned more than Gusecki. Yeah, well, like I said, again, we'll have to wait and see what the news comes out with all this stuff with the new protocol for these, because every running back for their team was pretty much out, and then Waddle. So we'll see if this all gets shaken up, but I would just not forget that Gusecki's a good play regardless of whatever happens. If somehow, I don't know what the exact rule is going to be, like I said, just breaking it down tonight, but if, if Waddle somehow is allowed to test negative and pop right back in, I think people will go, oh, okay, then I'll, I'll forget about Gusecki now, because now that Waddle's back, he's going to be the guy. You could play them both. Or you could then leverage off of Waddle if people go back to giving him ownership and play Gusecki instead. It's leverage because it's within the same idea. You're using the exact same team with the exact same situation, just using the tight end instead of the pass catcher. Uh, and then there's some other options you can go to there as well. The O'Shaughnessy thing, though, I like. Uh, that's why I brought it up. I know it's gross, but with, with the Lawrence thing, I think O'Shaughnessy's fine by himself. I think O'Shaughnessy's fine in a secondary correlation. Of course I know that, but I'm saying I also think that's another way you, you can be different within some of these guys as they get a little bit chalkier. Look, he's been out there every play. He's been out there every snap. He's getting all kinds of targets and opportunities, getting six targets a game. If he just, he's only 3,200. If he gets those six targets and he gets four catches for 50 and a touchdown or something, that smashes. And if you have it with Lawrence and then one of the other guys comes through, like you you said it, let's say everything stays the same. Waddles out, those running backs are out. You got Tua, Parker, Gasecki. I like it. But then if you go Lawrence, Marvin Jones, and O'Shaughnessy, it's probably lower ownership. I think it'd be, you could say, okay, some of them might be the same in a couple spots, but overall, I think it's much lower ownership. And I think it could do the same thing. I prefer the two aside, but my tournament mind is saying, let me go crazy in the $20 Millie Maker and let me get on these Lawrence stacks because I think there's opportunity there. And I think that they can really change up your lineup construction and allow you to do a lot more with the rest of it and be, you know, a little bit more chalky at the other spots or with the secondary correlations. Do we know who's calling the plays in Jacksonville, or is that just? I, I honestly should know, but I didn't look it up yet. I saw the news with uh, with Urban Meyer out, obviously, where they're going to bring somebody in, but I'm not sure uh, who Jacksonville's yeah. coach is going to be. I can look it up while we're chatting. Was there any other um, tight ends that you want to talk about? Uh, basically, I think you kind of you can make a case for Friar move first, the passing um, defense, the Tennessee defense. I think uh, – Roethlisberger is going to want to go out. Not like he has much of a ceiling, but I think he can get some of these guys involved. I think Fireman's leverage off of Najee Harris a little bit uh, in the red zone. So he would be another guy I'd consider. Yeah, I like that. So Daryl Bevel, they're going to bring in their OC as the interim coach. So it makes sense, obviously. And I just wanted to make sure. But uh, just so do we know if Bevel was pro, was pro Robinson or what was his? Was it Meyer who was calling these? That's what I'm worried about, pretty much. Yeah, hopefully he runs him more. If he knows what's going on, he probably should do that. But uh, I don't really see much. Like, it's all stuff from back in the day, things like that. So, um, yeah, it's tough to, like, I'm putting you on the spot asking you these questions, and I feel like. We, no, we it's all good. Of, I, no I wanted to look it up. No I like really it, knows. too. Just some of the stuff people like is live. And I, I just read this is the most interesting paragraph 
it says with with Bevel calling the plays on offense when he was with Seattle Seahawks, they made two Super Bowl appearances and won the Super Bowl that they won. But the Seahawks came short in the one that he went to that they didn't win, where the team decided uh, it was a play call by him where they decided to throw a pass instead of running it. So he's the guy that made the that play, play call, call where it should have been the Marshawn Lynch run. K. So he's he's not pro running. If you if you get what I'm saying, there there's the the call. He should have ran Marshawn Lynch, and he decided to pass it instead. If that tells you anything, I loved I loved that play call because I had a ten to one future on the Patriots, and I had a hundred I had a future on the Patriots at ten to one, won me a hundred thousand that year futures bet. Whew, I was gonna say that's a, it was in, that's an incredible day for you. I was about to say it's actually a crazy little story. It's an incredible day for me, but it was a double bucket list day. Because actually, that Super Bowl was the first NFL game I ever attended, and it was I, was I wanted to go to a Super Bowl, and it was a Super Bowl, so it was kind of cool. I was in the stands there, getting to watch was... the game. So right in the end zone there, got to see six of the seven touchdowns, and the only touchdown, or the only six of the seven touchdowns, and then the play that we didn't get to see in that end zone happened to be the play of the game, which was at the very end, at the opposite end of the field. So that was a brutal finish to the day, but a, just an incredible event to be at for sure. Yeah, I was there too. I was on. I was on that goal line. That, that really? Was, uh, yeah, it's a crazy year. Crazy. Arizona, year. Arizona. I had man. Arizona. The waste management was the week before. Went there, got as drunk as can possibly. Well, I was pretty hammered at the waste management. It, like Chan, we were giving Ricky Fowler shit and stuff like that. And then uh, been there, done that, man. That's the best tournament yeah. to go to for that reason. Good tournament. Kind of, they're getting things back in line there, and they had it last year, coming through with it again. So uh, let's move on. Let's go to defense. I mentioned a couple guys there at the tight end position. You mentioned a couple. So uh, George Kittle was the other guy, if you guys didn't get it. And then the bonus was, I guess, Dawson Knox, I forgot to mention, was just, again, this is another situation. You're actually keeping an eye on Josh Allen. They're already talking about Trubisky, and we'll see. I think we'll be okay, and Allen will continue to go, but it's just something to watch as of now. We're talking Thursday night, so it should get more clarification by tomorrow on that or when you guys wake up and are listening to this but let's talk about defense anything you want to talk about at dst here this week it seem pretty obvious like i i uh kind of wish i'd played defense versus carolina last week um and the millie uh yeah the bills dolphins uh versus jets and zach wilson and i'd say the jags versus houston i guess um if we think James Robinson is a good play, it's a nice correlation there. Yeah, I, I had that one as well. Again, I think if that gets too popular, that's one that you guys will hear me talk about on Sunday, just moving away from, because then it's, we've seen this, we just saw it. We actually had Jags, D, and Robinson like two or three weeks ago, and it actually ended up being, it was when they played Atlanta, and it ended up being the opposite completely. You actually needed to play uh, Cordero Patterson with the Atlanta defense on the opposite side of both, against instead of playing Robinson and the Jags. It was almost the same cost, everything involved there. So keep an eye on that here. Not saying you got to go to the other side of this one, but Houston D doesn't sound that bad going up against my Trevor Lawrence play if you want it to be a little bit different there. Uh, other one I mentioned was Miami. Uh, again, we'll have to wait and see, but I think here's the thing. Miami we know is a good play. They're under 4K, they're 3,700. They're at a fine spot against the Jets and against Zach Wilson. But I think if you don't get the the situation where these running backs play. So if we don't have Gaskin come back or these situations, I don't think as many people would pair with whoever ends up being the Miami running back. And I think that you could, because they're going to be cheap. So why not pair them up and use that savings from like a Gaskin 
to a stone minimum 4K running back, whoever it ends up being with the same defense, that's like paying up from a $2,700 defense. So I definitely like that as well. All right, Bobby, I think that's good for this week. We went through everything. You guys got the prize picks off the top. Let the people know where they can find you and anything else you want to discuss for this week. And we'll get you out there to the nightlife in South Beach. Yeah, Bobby Gomes, DFS um, on Twitter and IG. Thanks for letting me fill on, guys. Pat Mayo shows the best. Uh, make sure you're tuning here every week to Tambo and JT. Uh, ready for week 15. Yeah, take it down, man. Really rooting for you. I'm excited. Uh, get all the updates. We'll be in touch well before. Appreciate you, you coming in again, filling in. Like I said, the resident fill-in. We've got that. When, when myself and Kenny Kim do the Fantasy Golf Degenerate show, it's Ryan Bearoff. When it's you, when it's here for this show, it's Mr. Bobby Gomes, baller Bobby Gomes out there in South Beach, ready to take it down. I'm excited for you this weekend, man. I'll be playing a little bit of a shadow tournament, pretending if I'm there, so... We'll see how things go. Excited for that. You guys know where to find me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. And then, like I mentioned before, find us on Sunday. Get over to Run Pure Sports. You guys can sign up there, get in the Discord. And then, of course, on Sunday mornings, starting at 845 Eastern on the Run Pure Sports YouTube channel, completely free. Myself, AP, again, JT Hayes, who's normally here and should be back next week. And then, of course, the show after that, Holden, Big T, and Hoop. So, other than that, thank you guys and good luck.